Chapter Three of The House with the Twisting Passage by Marion St. John Webb. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Zanusha. The House with the Twisting Passage by Marion St. John Webb. Chapter 3 The Other Miss Clare. Jenny came downstairs from a stolen visit to the old nursery one day, where she had been assuring the wax doll for the twentieth time that Miss Clare had not forgotten her, and found Aunt Abby flustering to and fro in the kitchen in a very agitated state, while Uncle Nickel was slowly getting into his best jacket and brushing his hair before the tiny cracked mirror in the scullery. As soon as Aunt Abby caught sight of Jenny, she seized hold of her arm and whisked her upstairs to her bedroom, and there Jenny had her face washed and her hair brushed and tied up with ribbon and her clean, starched pinafore put on over her best serge frock. "'And now go and ask your Uncle Nickle to give your shoes a rub, and be quick about it, because Miss Clare will be here any minute now,' said Aunt Abby, flurriedly. "'Miss Clare?' gasped Jenny, her little face flushing crimson. "'Yes, a telegram has just come, and you mustn't get your pinafore soiled. Now mind, Miss Clare won't be staying here more than an hour. She's coming to fetch some things of hers, and I want her to see what a nice, clean, well-behaved little girl you are. Run along down now to your Uncle Nickel. I'll be down in a minute. And Aunt Abby bustled away. When she had had her shoes cleaned, Jenny made her way up to the twisting passage and looked at Miss Clare. She was feeling very excited, and somehow a little bit sad. She had never expected to meet Miss Clare, really, and now she was not sure that she wanted to. Jenny was afraid, afraid of things being spoilt. Her thoughts were vague and troubled. She couldn't put them into words. She only knew she felt unhappy. "'Supposing she is a proud little girl after all,' she thought to herself, "'and I pretended she was so glad to play with me.' Aunt Abby's excited voice, calling, "'Jenny! Jenny!' came up from below, "'and Jenny hurried downstairs, her heart beating rapidly. "'Aunt Abby and Uncle Nickel were in the hall, "'and just as Jenny reached it, the front door was being opened. A tall, middle-aged lady came up the front steps, a lady with cold, hard eyes and thin lips. She wore a long grey coat and a black hat with a large black feather in it. The lady stepped inside the hall and greeted Aunt Abby and Uncle Nickel, saying that she supposed they had got her telegram and that she would not be long in collecting together the things she wanted, 
and she would have a cup of tea made for her while she went upstairs to her room. Then she swept through the hall, barely glancing at Jenny as she passed her, and went up the stairs. Aunt Abby hurried away to get the tea, and Uncle Nickle followed, glad to make himself scarce, and Jenny was left alone in the hall. She was too surprised at first to do anything but stand and gaze at the stairs up which the lady had vanished. There had been some mistake, Jenny thought. That was not Miss Clare. Her mother, perhaps, but not Miss Clare. Overhead, Jenny could hear the lady opening and shutting doors. Outside, she could hear the cab horse that was waiting to take the lady back to the station, pouring the gravel path. Downstairs, she could hear Aunt Abby and the clatter of cups and saucers. She felt she must find out immediately who this lady was. She must know. In a moment, she was halfway up the stairs. Then suddenly, her courage deserted her, and she flew downstairs to the kitchen. "'Aunt Abby, is that Miss Clare's mother?' she asked breathlessly. "'Oh, don't bother me, child. The kettle's boiling over. No, of course it isn't Miss Clare's mother. It's Miss Clare herself.' "'Miss Clare herself? Poor Jenny.' She crept away into the orchard and hid until Miss Clare had gone. She felt she couldn't bear to see her again, and when she heard the cab drive away, she felt as if there were two Miss Clares inside it, her own and the other one. I don't feel as if I can ever play with her any more, now that I know what she was like afterward, Jenny thought, sobbing quietly to herself. And though she tried the next day to imagine Miss Clare out of her frame, and running down the passage, she couldn't do it. The vision of a hard-voiced, cold-eyed lady came between her and the little girl in the picture. So she went away and nursed the old wax doll in the nursery for a while. Then she blew her nose and rubbed her eyes with her pink-bordered handkerchief, put on her new shoes and her white cotton gloves, and went to pay a call on her imaginary Miss Ruby. She found the lovely creature dressed in pale blue silk, although it was only ten o'clock in the morning, and as Jenny listened to Miss Ruby's story of the terrible fits of temper Mr. Snatcher had had lately, and while she invented three new punishments for him, she began to feel better, and almost happy again. I don't think I'll play with any more half-tending people. Really tending people are much nicer, and I like you best, Miss Ruby, she confided to that beautiful maiden. Better than Miss Clare, because Miss Clare's grown up all different, and when you grow up, Miss Ruby, you are not going to be different at all. And besides, you can't grow up without my knowing, she added. But this is where Jenny was mistaken, curiously mistaken. For, a few days later, 
she was sent away to stay with Aunt Emma, who wore swinging earrings, you remember, and lived at Putney. And when she returned to Aunt Abby at the end of a couple of months, she found that a startling change had taken place in her absence. End of chapter 3